This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of you have watched PBS? All right. I figured that I would have kind of a consensus set here. Now, Daniel Tiger is kind of a hero in my house. He's, he's kind of a, a big, big person. Now, the interesting part, Daniel Tiger follows the life of a four-year-old tiger. Now, some of you, when you hear Daniel Tiger, actually think that you know him. But you don't. You know Daniel Striped Tiger. See, the interesting thing is the story after Fred Rogers had passed was picked back up and Daniel Striped Tiger has a son and he's now four. So everything that you knew is all still tied together. But if you were to tell my children, oh, it's Daniel Striped Tiger, do you know what they would say to you? Huh? And then they'd just tell you about Daniel Tiger. Because to them it doesn't matter. His name is Daniel Tiger and if he has some past history... (laughs) That really is unimportant. But the fact that Daniel Tiger has a father named Daniel Striped Tiger could change everything. So why do I bring this up? I bring it up because when we look at things, sometimes we just know it on the surface. Like my kids just know Daniel Tiger. Now my mother has tried on several occasions to make this connection and bring up Daniel Striped Tiger. And to this point in their life, at some point they'll get it, they all look and go, yeah, Like we said, Daniel Tiger. And for my mom, this is kind of maddening because she really wants them to get this because, like, she connects with them. There's decades of life and history, and she raised her boys, and and they can all see this together. So that draws in the madness of March. But then some of you are like, well, that's not the madness of March. The madness of March is basketball. It's basketball, Pastor. You need to understand it. Well, I would suggest to you that the greater madness of March isn't anything to do with basketball. It has everything to do with these palm branches. Because, see, the madness of March that actually moves forward history uh, tells us lots of things are weird in March, right? Look out for what? The Yeah, how'd you all know that? Look out for the Ides of March. Etu brute. Hey, everybody's kind of watching their back now, right? You're like, who's sitting behind me this morning? Just checking. Just want to see who's there. But the the true madness of March is that we have a Lord and Savior who comes in to Jerusalem and people are saying, save us, Lord. We're ready. We're going to see this. And then just a few days later, the crowds will do something totally different. Uh, If you have your Bible, turn with me, Mark 11. Uh, We pick up verse 8 through 10. As we hear the account of this madness of our Lord coming in, as people are so excited, Mark records it this way, and many spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. See, everyone loves a winner. Now, a couple of us like Cinderella stories. That's the other March Madness piece. And there's always a couple that come in, and this year it seems like a few more than normal. So the crowds are excited, and they've got this ready because Jesus looks like he's the winner. 
I mean, this is the guy. Everyone's laying things out. It's all set there. It's all going to play out just as we had hoped. It seems like a Cinderella story. Jesus, a lone teacher coming in and now in Jerusalem, the center of Judaism, a capital city. People are now laying down and welcoming him with shouts of joy. And they're saying, save us now. Do it at this moment, at this instant. We're ready. No Paul's button. We're all here. We'll watch it. We'll announce it. We'll share it. Just do it now. Listen to how Jesus was introduced. Jesus, when he's introduced to some of the disciples, I'm going to read now from John 1. Stay there in Mark 11, but just listen again to the introduction. How different things were. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Come and see. The crowds are looking at Jesus and it looks good. It looks so promising because lots of people are excited. Many people are encouraged. If you're going to ride the coattails of something big, you like to know that it's gotten big enough to get on board. I mean, how many of you wish that you had bought, say, Microsoft stock several decades ago? What if you had bought several other things? small companies like 3M years ago. If, you, you know, if only my family had just invested in one share of GE decades ago. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go Bitcoin. That's a whole... <laughs> I assure you, the Lord is nothing like Bitcoin. And he's also not like any of those other stocks because his value doesn't rise and fall. It doesn't shift like the sand. It is immovable. But we think of things that we can hold on to, and you have in the account of Jesus coming in people who are indeed now riding the coattails of someone who's coming in who seems big enough that now those who are silent will speak. But you know what will happen a few days forward. And it propels us into our psalm. Because Jesus, as he comes in, indeed the people are speaking from Psalm 118. Psalm 118 gives us this picture of Hosanna. Things that they knew when they came to Jerusalem, that they spoke all the time, how fitting it is that as Jesus is coming in, they're saying those same psalms that we spoke as we walked in this morning with palm branches high. Psalm 118, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. They likely would have been speaking all of the psalms of ascent. And then you're going, so they actually said this passage about the stone being rejected when Jesus maybe was coming in? It's likely. It was common for them to speak them as they went up to Jerusalem. And as they're going up to Jerusalem, why? Because what's coming is the Passover. Jesus will celebrate that in the coming days. People from all over are gathering so they could celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem. These verses, these words are on their lips. What the world thought wasn't possible now is reality. It looks like we've got our Savior. We've got the promised one. We've got Messiah. What was a question of could this be? Come and see was Philip's response. And the people are coming and they want to see. Yesterday morning as we gathered at the Easter egg hunt, we had a chance to sing a song that many of you know. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day. This is the day that the... That the... Yeah, let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is, I mean, this is Psalm 118 again. So little did the kids probably know yesterday they were singing the psalm that would propel them right to Palm Sunday. It's all right there. 
turns out God really did know what he was doing. (laughs) The scriptures are a symphony. And they all piece together in this marvelous tapestry. The more you look, the more you start to learn. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray. O Lord, O Lord, we pray. Give us success. See that? Save us, we pray. That's where they're drawing Hosanna. They're drawing it right out of Psalm 118. It's the cry of the people as the Lord's coming in going, this is the guy. So now we step back in to a sermon that started with Daniel Tiger and why did it do that? Because for some people, when they come to the Scriptures, they just take it at the surface level. For them, Palm Sunday is just whatever these are. I mean, as a kid, I'm like, what in the world tree does this? Like, I, I never had a tree that did this. I didn't grow up in a place where these were. They just would have magically appear one Sunday out of the year. And I'm like, I, is there a place that they grow these? Because it doesn't look like a very good tree. Because as a kid, I was convinced the tree was what? This. I just plant this in the ground. What does it look like? We get these limited views as to what things are. That's all I knew. You're like, well, didn't your parents tell you more? Please, I'm not trying to sell my parents short. This is all I knew. You just wave them once, once a year, and that was good. That's what Palm Sunday is. You just do this, and, and that's Palm Sunday. You probably could have asked me that probably till like 18, and I've been like, yeah, that's what you do. You, you wave palms. Where do they come from? I don't know. They just appear, and someone in the back of the church tears them apart, and they hand them to you. And then if you're really good, you can make a cross out of them, or you can fold them in other ways, and then you use them at Ash Wednesday. And I was left with just that. So Daniel Tiger is that picture for us today of, are we willing to look further? Are we willing to go and see how deep things are? You see, Daniel Tiger is, again, a four-year-old cartoon today. But to many of you, he's not a cartoon. He's a puppet. He's a puppet who is actually Daniel tiger's father who isn't just a puppet he was the creation of a presbyterian minister who decided that he could change the world by helping people understand how to care and love for each other and do it in a way that the world would never question him but he would live out for them on the screen for decades what it looks like to be one who is filled with christ and he did it for decades and decades and decades that was the joy of fred rogers that he did that but to some people it was just That's just Daniel Tiger. My prayer for us this morning is as we hear the shouts of blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that you don't leave it as just a day where palm branches are waving. We're going to go a step below. We want to realize why it is that this is happening. Verse 26 and 27, blessed is he. Let's go and see who this one is. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. We are actually singing this morning of God's praise. Blessed are you knowing who Jesus is, declaring him to be Messiah. The psalmist continues, the Lord is God and he has made his light to shine upon us. Who made the light shine? The Lord made it shine. I didn't light it. (laughs) I'm not the one that created it. God gave this light to us. He gave it so that we could shout Hosanna, that we could realize who the one is that we are blessing. See, the the work of Psalm 118 clearly points to this promised Messiah, this one who the builders would reject, this one who would rise up, the one who would save us, the one who would sit there. But at the time, all people knew was, we just do Psalm 118 because God says he's going to save. That's part of what God's going to do. 
But you know the rest of the story. It's not just to walk you into church. It's actually to walk you through your life. It's here to carry you from beginning to end, to carry you all the way. See, I'm reminded, as we look at Psalm 118, that we don't get to read Jesus the way we want to. We have to read Jesus the way the Scriptures present Him. You can't just have Jesus the teacher without understanding Jesus the sacrifice. You can't have Jesus the sacrifice without Jesus a risen Lord. You don't get to pick the parts that you have. The Scriptures give us the full picture of it. Because Jesus is also the Creator. Jesus is the Son. He is part of the Trinity. He was there when the world was called into existence. You can't have Jesus the teacher without Jesus, sovereign ruler of creation. Some of you are like, oh, He's the Son. He's the Trinity. He is in all of these things that the Lord laid forth. Sometimes we make Him so human that we forget He's God. We make him so Jesus who took on flesh that we forget he's actually the God who knows the beginning and the end. He is Alpha and Omega. And to imagine Alpha and Omega taking on flesh and being limited in the ways that we are limited. Anyone willing to admit they woke up a little tired today? Anyone willing to admit you're not looking forward to standing up because you know that your back probably is just not going to feel great? Or your legs aren't going to feel great? Or your knee's not going to feel great? Or you're like, stop naming all the things that ache, Pastor. This is not helping me. There's these earthly limitations that we have. But Jesus came and took those limitations upon himself. So when we hear the word blessed is he, we recognize the Lord's presence in us. See, March Madness then isn't, again, about basketball. March Madness is Jesus coming in and reducing himself to human flesh. That's madness. A God who had nothing to gain in doing that, but everything to lose. But he lost everything so that you and I might gain. Sometimes we think of people stepping into fights and wanting to have like, you know, the big person who's going to be there to, you know, to make sure that we're set there. Do you ever, well, don't admit this, but just imagine if you ever went somewhere and figured you'd go here because you had him with you. Maybe you've been to one of those places. Well, I'll go down that street corner because I got big John with me. You know, we're all right. Well, Jesus is the big guy that comes into your fight. And it was not even his fight. Did you ever think about that? It wasn't his fight. He didn't get into the problem. He didn't get into the mess. He never promised that he would be there for you even when you start saying things. He stepped in because he loved you in the spite of the fact that you were rejecting him. This whole thing about palm branches is really God stepping in to say, I told the world at its creation when it first fell on Adam and Eve that I would come. And this fight is mine because I've made it my fight. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't step out of line. I obeyed the Father's commands from A to Z. But I've made this my fight, and because it's my fight, we will win it. We will win this thing together. The psalmist continues in verse 28 and 29, giving us a little bit more and unpacking for us how this goes. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. The Lord steps in and says, I will take this fight to the place you can't. I literally will take the fight to hell and back. The very place none of us want to go, the Lord steps in that place. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. Try it on for size. It's actually fun to say. For he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. has a nice ring, doesn't it? His steadfast love endures 
Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. He comes and sets these things differently for us. So the praise of the people that comes on that day, many people ask, well, how could we go from here to there? How could people be so fickle? I present to you the year 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009 as examples of how people could be fickle. If you want, I'll interject a few others randomly that would also fit the bill. 1871, 1972. Do you get where I'm going? We are so fickle every year of our lives. You want to look to how people could go to praise God and then curse Him moments later? Who do you say that I am? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus then turned to Peter and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for this is given to you by God, not by men. And then he went on to describe to them that he would have to suffer and die after three days. And Peter looked at him and said, No! No way, Lord! That's not going to happen! So to those who ask, how could it happen on Palm Sunday, don't just push it away saying they're different crowds. I know Jerusalem's a big city, and I don't disagree that there were probably some different people. But I'd also suggest to you that some of the people who were shouting Hosanna on Sunday were probably some of the same people who shouted crucify him a few days later. Because the sifting sandbar of what seemed to be the place that you should go and what was expedient for your business, for your mindset, or for your time were different. Because we shift all the time to make it so it fits us. But our Lord shifted never. He is always steadfast and immovable. His steadfast love endures. Hey, you got to get better at that. His steadfast love endures. Now just imagine for a moment if you were listening to this online and you were to hear this and then it sounded like this. His steadfast love endures. Like that would be a bad way to go, right? So we're going to try it and just see if it would work. They'd be like, wow, they did hear. His steadfast love endures. Yeah, see, it does. Repetition is a way of reminding us of what God is actually doing and what he is up to. Philippians, as Paul writes to that church, gives us a picture more of what's happening on that day. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient the point of death, even death on a cross. When you hear those words, blessed is he, blessed is he who saw the plight of you and I as more important than himself. Blessed is he who took our pain and paid its price with the suffering. Blessed is he who came to die that all might live. Blessed is he who gives us new life in his name. Blessed is he who desires all tongues to confess. Blessed is he whose eyes are set on the salvation of the world. The steadfast love of our Lord endures forever. Amen. Lord God, may we, as your people, be held firmly in the grasp that your Spirit has given us upon the truth that in Christ our hope is found, that the shouts of Hosanna have found their culmination in the willingness of our Lord to make his way into Jerusalem, into what he knew would be the end of his physical life, but what to us would be eternal life as we are connected to his death, to his resurrection, 
and to his life. Guide us, we pray in that spirit. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person. On behalf of everyone at Jordan, we hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior, Jesus Christ, every Sunday morning at 930 at Beaver Creek Cinemas in the peak of good living, Apex, North Carolina.